Today's episode is in partnership with Freelance Football Ops. If any of our listeners are already out there freelancing in the world of football, or looking to get started even, you may be interested in signing up to Freelance Football Ops' subscription-based newsletter. They find you football media jobs which cover writing, design, video, audio, and much more, and they do it every week. I just recently got my first newsletter from them, and it was genuinely packed with all sorts of cool opportunities, from commentary work to PR work for Premier League clubs. So, if you're interested, and for some more info, head to FreelanceFootballOps.com. Welcome and welcome back to Blazers for Goalposts. As ever, I am joined by my co-host Joe, but also with us on today's call is somebody who, well, our paths have basically crossed, and yet this is somehow really the first time that we're properly catching up. Isledon Wolves is a youth football club in North London, and it's a club that I used to play for, and our guest Natasha Adam McKinley used to coach once upon a time. Like I was saying, I'm not sure we ever really spent too much time together back in the day, but the time frame overlapped. We were in and around Paradise Park together, so our paths have crossed plenty. Otherwise, besides that similarity, Natasha is also a London native like myself, and she's also moved stateside these days too, where she coaches the Shawnee State University women's soccer team in Ohio. Natasha, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Just, uh, I guess the COVID is still here, but it's, I guess we're still going over here in, down in Ohio. <laughs> Hi, Natasha. It's Joe here. Great to have you on the show today. Now, um, I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, are you a twin? Yes. Yeah, I am. Okay. (laughs) That would have been awkward if you weren't. Um, So (laughs) essentially, just to start things off, I was just really interested. I'll ask Kai as well, like, who are your um, who are your favourite sort of sporting siblings or sporting families going? And I'll, I'll give you mine first. I think at the moment my favourite sort of sporting siblings would have to be the Brownlee brothers, um, Alistair and Johnny, who do could do all the the sort of triathlons and all of that stuff. Do you um, do you happen to have any favourite sporting siblings? Uh, well, it's it's not football related, but it's more uh, the sisters, uh, Serena and Venus Williams for sure. Those two, yeah. Definitely those two. Um, but in terms of the football world, it's a bit of a tricky one for me. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a United fan, but uh, <laughs> Phil Neville and uh, Gary Neville went, they were good players, but they weren't really my, uh, how do you put it, <laughs> my top favourites. But I'll definitely say in the sports world, it's got to be Serena Williams and Venus Williams for sure, yeah. Nice. And yeah, a shout out to Raphael and Fabio as well. <laughs> but um, Kai, do you have... Um, favorite sporting siblings maybe in the football world or perhaps in another sport yeah i'll jump outside of football as well to basketball because i'm stateside and actually these this family is associated with the college that i went to it's the ball family who are quite famous over here so that would be lonzo lamello liangelo are the kids and the dad is lavar and they're just this like it's even like more than a brand than than a sporting family in many ways um they've got plenty of content online i would recommend looking up the ball family they would be my favorite. So to start off, Tash, yeah, we might as well go back to the beginning. And I want to hear, where did your interest in football come from? Did you 
start playing the game first or would you watch it on TV? And basically, what are your first memories of football? I'd say my first eight years of football was when I was around seven, eight years old. Uh, my cousin, we used to spend a lot of time at our cousin's house um, just in the weekends and even in the evening sometimes. And we'd, he would just always be playing football outside. And uh, just uh, for me, obviously, he was a little bit older than us. So he was someone who we just loved to ha have around, me and my twin sister. And um, we just always played with his friends and he was always playing football and he really just, hence why I'm a United fan, because <laughs> it runs in the family, uh, Manchester United and Liverpool, uh, and my dad's a Chelsea fan, but uh, it's, it was always Manu and uh, Liverpool fans around the family and yeah, just I guess at that time with the Andy Cole, Dwight York days and Ryan Giggs, you know, <laughs> not I, I know people always tease me and say I'm a glory hunter, but I just wanted to go where my cousin was and uh, I guess when my United, we, were, we used to watch a lot of games together and uh, used to play a lot. I don't know if you remember Wembley, <laughs> did he still those uh, games and crossbar challenge, things like that. And it's just, it was always in front of me. And uh, so just in terms of the football, just on then, uh, just from the age of seven, eight, I just loved it. And I played, I was always the only girl playing because at the time when I was young, uh, football wasn't really popular in England at the time, not like how it is now. And uh, it was just only boys that mainly played it. I know we played other teams in these little tournaments or in the area, there'd just be one, or there'll be another girl on the team, but it was very rare that there were girls playing the game. So I, I just continued playing it away from my cousins and just played ever since. But in terms of the, the coaching now, <laughs> uh, so the way I, it was in England back in the day, um, when I reached the age 14, I couldn't play with my friends anymore. So it was kind of a thing where uh, for 14, that was the cap where, okay, if you're a girl, you're a boy, you've got to play it separate ways. And um, so when I was 14, uh, my friends were still playing and it was kind of a thing where I still wanted to be involved around around them. And so I kind of said, you know what, let's, you can coach us. I thought, yeah, maybe I could. And <laughs> so that's how it kind of started at the age of 14, me coaching at a, young, a very young age, coaching them and ended up loving what I was doing. And then um, I guess uh, at the time, I guess my parents, cause they were working, I, I didn't really have any anyone to take me to go on like a trial for a women's team, but I wasn't until I was 17 where I uh, decided to to go on my own initiative and, and try out for uh, Hendon Women Ladies. And yeah, I was there for a couple of years before going to Spurs. Uh, and then, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave for you to answer the questions, but yeah, that's mainly my background in terms of how I got into coaching. <laughs> Joe has a follow-up, but you something you said really stirred a, a nice memory in my head. You were mentioning those games like Wembley and yeah, yeah, I can definitely throw back to what Wembley doubles, three and in, 60 oh, seconds. Games, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have a particular favourite from your childhood that you and your mates would like to play? Yeah, it's got to be uh, Wembley for sure. I know they call it World Cup here in the States, but um, I'd say the 60 seconds as well. You know, just <laughs> that was a good game, man. 60 seconds, that was yeah. a good game. Joe and I, I think, can have, we have a lot of memories of playing 60 seconds in his back garden, yeah, from our youth. Yeah, I think one touch as well, one touch challenge. The one touch challenge, yeah, that was good. That, that, I think that's what really helped me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you told us a lot, Natasha, about um, yeah, your, your early memories and playing football with your cousin and your twin and everything. Given you said at the time when you were starting to get into football, there weren't many sort of young girls like yourself playing. And given that you ended up um, sort of, you know, pursuing this as a career, were your, um, were your parents always supportive of you? And did you always feel that like this was something you could pursue knowing you had the support of your family behind you? Uh, I would say they had the support uh, if it didn't get in uh, a way of church, especially from my dad's side, because uh, for the women's game, um, games were typically played on Sundays. 
but they were very supportive in terms of me uh, playing and you know getting involved in the youth clubs things like that and uh, being getting involved with after school activities things like that but when it came to Sundays I couldn't miss church because <laughs> so I guess that in that sense it was a bit of like a a constant battle where uh, when I was getting older and getting into adult 17, 18, 19, I wanted to play on Sundays. There were some games that were kicked off at two or the away games where you got to leave in the morning and you're going to miss church. So it was kind of a thing where, um, yeah, it was, it was it was a challenge for me, but they were very supportive in the sense of uh, the playing and the coaching, uh, if it didn't in, in, uh, conflict with church. Because I've come from a Christian home, I still am, and I'm a believer of God. And uh, yeah, so I'll just say that was the main challenge, but they were very supportive. I just wish if I was to look back now, I, I would have, I should have asked them to take them for a tryout or something, you know, for one of the top teams or something like that, you know, and not leave it till I'm 17 <laughs> to go try, try out for a team. When you were growing up, did you, um, did you have any favourite players or players that when you'd be playing... Um, Wembley doubles or 60 seconds who were you sort of pretending to be who were your footballing heroes oh that's a tough one because I'm a girl <laughs> so I, I didn't really have one I just I always used to say that I'm the female version of uh you like who did I used to say let's let's think uh have to go back now uh yeah Ryan Giggs because I'm, I'm a lefty I'm a left footer so I would always say I'm the female version of uh, Ryan Giggs I'd always use him as a as a player who I'll try and <laughs> say I am on. And then even Andy Cole and Dwight York, yeah, those guys, yeah, the female version. <laughs> Giggs, so. he wasn't a bad player. I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't know if you can see the scars. Yeah. I oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, was it the FA Cup? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, it's got to be that game. Yeah, I can still Yeah, that game where he took his top off and he scored, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just picturing David Seaman like falling over backwards and get, getting nowhere near it, but I'm sure that Biggs <laughs> Topless is, was probably a more iconic image for, for plenty of people. <laughs> you you mentioned that if you could go back, maybe your parents, you hoped that they could have taken you to try out uh, sooner than you ended up uh, trying out for Henry. Yeah. So I guess if you did have the choice to, to go back to those days, your youth playing football, if you sort of had, yeah, the choice to um, do it all over again then, or even perhaps uh, in today's day and age in the world of youth football, where there's perhaps more, more be better coaches out there, maybe better facilities, better pitches, and just maybe more opportunities to be seen by a club or scouted in general. So would you prefer to kind of try to make it in the world of football today as a kid, or was it better back then? Uh I wouldn't change my life, my childhood for anything. I mean, it was a really an awesome time and a really enjoyable time for me. Uh, I would say, uh, so it's, it's a tough question because I mean, because I, I wouldn't have developed the friendships and I wouldn't have grown the relationships that I have with uh, my mentors and the coaches and things like that. Uh, I'll definitely say, ah, it's a tough one. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, just in the sense because there's a reason for everything and, you know, uh, we all have our different paths and journeys and it's just kind of a thing for me. Uh, yes, maybe that that could have been a a footpath. I could have gone down. I, know I did play for Spurs and that, but and even played at the States for a bit as well. But at the same time, at least I can I, I can say I had a good time, regardless. It wasn't at uh, at that full time thing, but you know I, I still had the experience. Even it was a couple of years here and there. But so I, I'll definitely say no. I wouldn't change it just because of the uh, the lifelong memories. You know, yeah, lifelong memories that I've I've, I've built and created. You know, yeah. Now that you sort of uh, come full circle from growing up playing football you said you started coaching at 14 so you, you almost yeah. came full circle quite quickly from being coached <laughs> to coaching but obviously since then you've played at a higher level coached at a higher level and mm -hmm. across youth to now you're coaching you know older uh, young adults at, at college what do you make in that sort of time frame of the opportunities for 
boys and girls who want to make it in the professional game? How has that changed from when you were a kid to now that you're coaching some of them? Uh, so just for me, I would say uh, I'm all about the opportunities for my players. And I just feel just with the experience I have now, I, I just really want to just help them. If they want to say they want to be a pro, I want to help get them into that 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 pathway, you know, and it's just uh, even a couple of the Wolves boys that I've, I've coached over the years, and a lot of them did play a little bit of some pro game and things like that. It's just for me, it's just a, a passion for me. Whatever whatever goal that my players have, I want to be able to say, you know what, okay, if that's what you want to do, you're, we're going to make that happen, sort of thing, you know. And you only get one life, why not just give it a try, you know? just want to ask you a few questions about your um your playing career now Tash so I know that your career had a few um college stints um in the US mm-hmm. but I know you also in the UK played for the likes of um AFC Wimbledon and also um the team I support Tottenham Hotspur which I'm very <laughs> glad to hear you've represented Spurs as well um I don't I think I don't like that one <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he will either <laughs> but um yeah, as um as I think Kai was saying earlier, like your um your sort of playing and coaching career has very much um overlapped over time. But also, what's interesting is um is that during your kind of playing career as well, you managed to fit in doing um quite a few degrees actually, a few undergraduate degrees, a master's degree. Um, how did you find um balancing your education and playing football at the same time? Uh, so uh, back in England, uh, when I did when I pursued my first degree in psychology it was kind of a thing it, it, it balanced itself out a bit because of the women's game um game training was always in the evening and games were on Sundays so it, it's it worked out pretty well where I'd have classes in the day and uh one or two classes in the evening so it, it balanced it out a bit and it, it, it there were the challenges where it came to traveling so I hadn't got my driving license this year so I was still pretty young and um yeah so that the, the challenges for me was uh going and tra- uh, going home and going but uh, but the thing for me which was great was just having my teammates who lived like in Swiss Cottage or n- near Camden you know really helped me to pick me up or, and take me to the, the training but uh, I would say the biggest challenge was when I came here to America when I pursued my second degree the sport the, the sports management one and that was where it was kind of hard because that's I, I, I was close to going to a university in Missouri but that which was the D1 school but <laughs> they were expecting us to be training three times a day and <laughs> and then on top of that uh, uh, make classes and on top of that partial grades so I was like oh maybe not let me just go to a, a D2 school it's a little bit uh, balanced uh, training once a day and games are twice a week and yeah it worked out pretty well for me and uh, but at the same time it was kind of hard to keep up with the classes uh, as well but as well as play but at the same time it was it was it would flip at other days where you're you can't wait to train but it's too stressful in training because you just want to make sure you're doing anything right but you're too stressed because you're home making your essays <laughs> so it just depends depend on the day you know but uh, even the master's degree uh, I guess because I wasn't playing anymore more, more coaching side it was more uh, doable for me I'd say do you think um, having had experience now of kind of playing football alongside your studies, does that help you when you're coaching your current players at Shawnee now, helping them sort of get that that right balance as well? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I'm definitely a, a, definitely a good role model for the time management. Because <laughs> like, I could just, it's, it's tough. It's tough now. I just think it's, uh, but any any student athlete, you know, it's it's rough if they're, if they're playing and studying. It's, it's not easy, you know. Because in, in terms 
what they're asked to do in their classes when they're asked to, to attend practice because I don't imagine what they're going through but I'm, I'm just uh, grateful for my experience I'm able to pass that on to them and help them along the way you know Oh, certainly. No, I imagine that they um, they really value that as well. Um, but I do have a question as well. I had I have to ask you um, about your time at Tottenham Hotspur. I think I couldn't could not ask that. And uh, it actually sort of in the in the last few years, Spurs have actually now made it into the WSL, and they've even That's like amazing. yeah, they've even signed the likes of Alex Morgan recently. Yeah. So yeah, they're very much um, very much on the up in um, the women's game. But um, yeah, it would be great to just hear a bit of um, your experience at Spurs. And also, do you think they're, they're just going to continue to improve as well now over the next few years? Yeah, I can definitely say that I was definitely out of my comfort zone, uh, going to leaving Hendon and going to, to, to Spurs. Yeah, I think I was there for two, three seasons. Um, but uh, I really had a great time with uh, Paul Paul Clark, great manager. He was really good, and I know he's been. He went to Maidstone. He's been. He's gone to other few places. Just when he left, it wasn't the same. That's probably why I moved to another club, MSA. But with uh, just my experience there, just especially when he was in board, he really helped develop my game as a as a as a striker, and he really did open my eyes to things that I didn't see. And just just to be coached by a coach that knows what he's doing and and that high level was just it was amazing, you know. And um, and I, I remember when I got called up for the first team as well for I think about five games, six games. It was really, uh, it was good. It was just uh, I can definitely say uh, just as a striker, this is probably why um, I went. I kind of went more into coaching. Just the pressure it was just too much, you know. And uh, having to hit those expectations, everyone looking at you if it's nil nil or it was two one down, the striker's got to change the game. And you know, uh, I know I'm kind of going off topic, but that's just the reason why I love coaching because I find it more rewarding when I see players, you know. For example, uh, a, stri- a striker who can't, hasn't got their left foot and then the end of the season, they're, they're banging in goals left, right and centre of their left foot. I just find it so rewarding when I see players accomplish something. But in terms of Spurs, I'm, I'm just really happy that we're finally in that league because we deserve to be there from a long time ago. And, you know, it's just amazing now. I honestly think, you know, they're going to continue to grow and, you know, they're going to give, it's going to be some good London derbies, like the way Arsenal and Tottenham men's team are, you know, it'd be great to see, to see that. And yeah, I really think that um, Karen's doing a great job down there and, and our coaching staff. And I'm just excited to see, uh, just because I, I still try and watch their games here and there. I'm just excited to see what, what they can do. And if you ask me in five years time, I can really, I can really see them uh, being in that top four. <laughs> yeah. That would be lovely. Sadly, Arsenal <laughs> beat us four 0 but you know, I'm hoping now things are things are changing. I mean, oh yeah, we'll see. If only our men's team could be as good as our women's team. The Arsenal women's team is fantastic. Yeah, it's always uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, though, eh? Arsenal, Chelsea, ladies. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're, the they're, they're not bad. Yeah. I have yeah. to begrudgingly say that Chelsea are yeah, they're pretty good. Um, but uh, <laughs> Tash, you you said you you played a. Ohio Valley University and then you were coaching at West Virginia University in the States all while gaining a bachelor's and then a master's degree respectively so women's football at uni in England isn't not it's not really the same beast as over here in the States so do you think that if women's football was taken more seriously at college level in the UK that and I guess yeah again time frame especially if it had been taken more seriously when you were making the decision to come out here do you think you might have ended up staying in England and pursuing a similar sort of route, but through the English education system? Yeah, I probably would have. Uh, but I guess because the Ben Beckham film came out, I kind of wanted me to come to the States. But uh, 
Um, yeah, I would definitely say, because I, I know I was at Millwall too, coaching there before coming coming to the States. I had a good time at Millwall, nine and just working with the youth and, you know, uh, just seeing that uh, the way how they help the, the, the athletes who want to pursue a degree or some sort of a, a program that they want to get get going, uh, like an engineering program, something like that. I just think the, the setup that they have in their academies if they did that across the whole field for, you know, the, the local clubs like Wolves and that, you know, it, it'll be really good. I'll, I'll definitely say there'll definitely be room for more of a, for uh, girls to feel like, or even male players feel like they didn't have to come out here to play, you know. Um, but I'll just to say the least, uh, it's been, a, it's been challenging for me uh, just because of uh, being a black woman and uh, being a female. Um, because I know I always get asked that question, why, why, why am I not coaching in England? Uh, it's just that because I, I just feel that uh, I had to deal with a lot of uh, just like chauvinist attitudes. And uh, I just feel like my being a UEFA B coach, being overlooked at times for, in terms of uh, uh, the positions that I got as head coach and just getting the youth level. And I just really wanted to, I just, I'm thankful for my, my boss Jeff here, uh, who's he's a white guy, and he just uh, not not take, taking me on, not because of the color of my skin, because of my my background and my qualifications, and it's just I just feel in America there's just uh, so much opportunities for for people of color, you know, and even females. So I'm just thankful for the opportunities here. And uh, so if you were to ask me that question, would I have stayed? I mean, if 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 uh, things were more how do I put this more? If more doors were open for me, then maybe I'll, I'll, I would definitely would have stayed in London and pursued that that route more in terms of playing. Mm. Yeah. Sort of given what you've said about experiencing chauvinism or profiling and the limited opportunities back home in England, mm-hmm. you think that young women, regardless of their colour, are maybe getting stuck in the sense that they want to pursue either a playing career or a coaching career or something to do with football, which has this kind of quite male dominant sort of atmosphere. And like you said, in England, maybe there aren't as many welcoming arms for these women. So obviously you've made the big move over to the States, which is not not easy for everyone to do. So do you think that a lot of women back home might be essentially being sort of bullied out of a passion or a career that they, yeah, like yourself might have wanted to go for, but just don't have the opportunities? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't easy packing up my bags and coming to a foreign country, <laughs> uh, just based based on a uh, not not feeling like I'm being accepted in my home country in terms of the the higher level uh, in terms of my race and gender, and just like they're not given those those fair uh, promotion opportunities. But just uh, the way how I see it, uh, I think yeah, you know, the FA is doing a great job in getting more females involved in the game. I think that in, in terms of how it was 10 years ago, it's, it's definitely the right pathway, but I still think we've still got some stuff to do. And I just think if more coaches like myself who are of color and who are females, I know there's a few coming coming out now, you know, I just think if we can keep doing that and hopefully we can be the role models for the young ones. So actually, you know what, I can actually do that too, you know? So we can be that, that uh, voice and the role models for the ones who actually want to go out there and be coaches, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you're flying the flag at, at Shawnee and successfully as well so keep it up otherwise when you were back playing in Ohio during your playing days in college do you have a highlight from that time on the pitch yeah oh because uh the way it works if, you, if you've got a degree and from a different country or a different school then you only get one one year eligibility so uh I if I'd known that I probably would have focused more on the coaching again or just tried to come out and play here but uh I was only eligible to play for one year just because I already had my bachelor's in psychology and I was doing a second degree 
Um, I even tried to see if I could do my master's, but I thought, actually, you know what, this because we can transfer some credits, like, I'll end up having two degrees. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, that first year, um, you, you can ask any international that's played at uh, <laughs> American school. I don't know what it is, but it's just a high percentage of internationals when they come for their first year, they get injured. It's just crazy. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because of the intensity and the uh, what's it, the, the high conditioning and things like that. Not that England don't condition, but <laughs> I'm sure you, I think you know what I mean. But just in the sense where uh, I was ongoing uh, injury uh, on my thigh and it's just, yeah, it was, I, I, just, I just remember that highlight. It was the last game of the season. Oh, I really thought I was going to score a goal. and uh, But at least we won the game in, in overtime. It was the last kick of the game as well. I remember it just, uh, I kicked it. Uh, it was going in, I, I, it hit the post and I was thinking, oh my gosh. And I, my teammate came from nowhere and just, she just tapped it in. And uh, I think she was crying because she's been there for four years. I was only there for one year, but it was just an emotional time just because, uh, I, I, I played parts in creating goals, but that, that, that was just special for me. And just, yeah, it was unfortunate that I spent a lot of my, uh, a lot of time being injured and I only think I got about six, seven games, but um, I, I wouldn't take it, uh, I, 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 would t- I would take it back in a heartbeat. But um, yeah, I, that definitely comes to mind for me, that last game of the season, just on senior night as well. Just, it was just amazing just to be involved in helping creating goals, but that's my favorite, uh, favorite one for sure. <laughs> In West Virginia now, that was just something else. Oh my gosh, because that was a D1 school. Um, I was, working, I was a head coach for the club team and uh, I could have done that player manager thing. But my first year, because my, my, I was doing my master's degree, my first year I decided to play for them. And then the second year I thought, let me let me be the head coach. And it was great. I mean, we, we didn't lose a game, we were undefeated and uh, we got a spot at the Nationals and it was just, it was an amazing time. And yeah, I just, uh, just, uh, I just remember that that one game where it was raining, and you know those games where it's chucking it down with rain, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, is this rain gonna clear? Uh, yeah, it was. I think it was two one down. We ended up winning the game like four two. It was just, yeah, just incredible. I just love games like that. You know, when you're losing, you come back because that yeah. was gonna be the moment where is our is our unbeaten run gonna go? You know, and <laughs> we turned it around. Yeah. And I got goosebumps when you were talking about that goal when you came back from your injury. Just everything you said, what it was your last game of the season. It was one of your, the team yeah. ended up poking the ball in. It was probably her last game in college. And senior uh-huh. night, you said, yeah, that's what it's all about. You don't forget those things. Yeah. That's awesome. So on to more about your coaching specifically now, and you've come a long way from Paradise Park in London, where you coached Isaacson Wolves, to Portsmouth, Ohio, now where you coach the Shawnee State Bears women's soccer team. In your time at Isaacson, I noticed that you were awarded Coach of the Year twice. So I only ever got one trophy there at the end of season awards, and that was for Most Improved, which honestly is a bit of a sucker punch of an award. But anyway, uh, Natasha. <laughs> It's all right. I'm over it now. <laughs> but um, Tash, what what is another moment uh, or another achievement that you're most proud of from your old job with Isildon besides those Coach of the Year awards? And then maybe likewise, since what has been your biggest achievement so far at Shawnee with the Bears? I would say, uh, well, you, know, you never forget your first love. I, I know I coached my friends when I was 14, but uh, Isildon was at the age of 19, being a uh, the youngest football coach in the, in the league and uh you know being a I think the I think one of the two females you know it was just uh the proudest moment I, it has to be I mean no offense to my 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 first set of boys that I had but uh it's when I came back from the states and the second team and we, we did the treble it was just 
and I think it's even a point where I was even coaching two teams. You know, you have the A and B team. So I was, I had, I had obviously, I had two jobs on my hands where I was uh, coaching my A team and my B team, and the A team uh, did the treble, and then the, the B team did the double. It was just, it was just incredible. Just, uh, but I, I can't forget my first love of the first group that I had, the first group of lads that I had. They were just, I know, I know the first first two years was kind of getting to know them and me finding myself as a coach and obviously being a female and you know being young I'm, I'm just so thankful for for Dave Rick and Jim this is the support that they gave me and, and the encouragement because I did have some some challenges with some of the parents you know got, especially the men trying to challenge challenging me on how to do my job and being 18 19 it was a bit you know <laughs> it was rough but uh yeah, it has to be for me that that travel travel year oh gosh it was such an incredible time and even you know the Harrow League, oh gosh, that league, <laughs> so competitive, eh? Um, and then right now, at Shawnee, it has to be just the uh, this. I know we've just kicked off. Uh, it was just the recent game recently. Uh, we 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 won that game uh, three three two. I want to say it was three two. Yeah, because we uh, what it was before the game, my goalkeeper got hurt. Uh, she couldn't play, and we didn't have a second keeper. Still trying to get one for January, so I had to get one of my defenders in goal and. Yeah, it was just a bit of a shambles and we, we were 1-0 down and 2-1 down and we just turned it around and we just, just the, just the goals, I mean, I mean, maybe just take a look at the highlights on, the, on our, on our we've got a demand, a demand channel, it was just incredible how we came back and won that game and it's just so exciting for this year, I know we've just kicked off two games, we've got a game on Thursday again, but just, just the team right now, I just feel going into my third year, uh, I've got recruits that are mine and we've got something special now and uh, they buy into what I'm doing because when I first came here it was it was a little bit challenging thinking who's this British girl coming here telling us what to do and because it wasn't my recruits and they're trying to buy into my philosophy and it was it was it was a challenging uh, first year last year was a little bit better so I got some of my recruits to come in but this year I feel like I've got my core group of girls now and they're responding to me and we can actually go and accomplish something now you know so it's just really good that second game uh, two weeks ago just the way we turned it around. And there's been many games like that, even last year that comes to mind, that game winning goal, just an overtime again. One of my players just gets that head on, gets it from a corner and puts it in the back of the net. But I just, I just love those overtime goals. I don't like it on the sideline, but when the goal goes in, it's, uh, it's enjoyable, yeah. Even, oh, so many memories. I, I can go on all, all day, but <laughs> my first season, my goalkeeper, she kicked it from a goal kick and all the way. And then uh, the striker got to the end of it and put it in the back of the net. It's just... So many memories, man, just, yeah. But it has to be all-time favourite. It has to be that the second game of the season that we just had just recently, yeah. It has to be that one, <laughs> for sure. Again, I um, listening to you speak so enthusiastically about your the teams and your players is, reminds me of I did some coaching, you know, 10 to 14-year-old kids out here in Parks and Rec in my local park sort of coaching them. But it means it almost means more when they score than, you know, back during our playing time when you scored a goal yourself, just that responsibility that you have for the group and exactly. seeing, seeing the fruits of your labor sort of like, yeah, it's better. It's better than being a player, I'd say. Um, yeah. More generally speaking, having coached groups of, I guess, uh, boys only, girls only, and then I'm sure plenty of mixed groups um, too. How, how would you say as a coach that those experiences differ from what you've noticed? Or um, is it more of an age group thing than a gender thing? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say it comes more, to, I would say, to gender, just in the sense where I, I noticed with, uh, with male players and male teams, uh, they only get upset if... Uh, they lose a game or if they're fighting amongst each other and just get over it. But uh, with females, it's, it's kind of a thing, me being a female myself, it's, it's not what you say, it's what they hear. And it just, we're a little bit sensitive as females. It's kind of a thing where 
the way how I would approach a, a male player, a, a female player wouldn't wouldn't want wouldn't react the same way. So it's just kind of a thing I would say definitely comes down to the genders, and even the age groups. The same thing. I mean, even if you get a, a boys and girls together, they, they respond the same way at the youth the youth level. If you're positive things like that, but definitely it comes down to uh, the gender. I would say for sure, just the way how you say things. Is that females tend to remember the the negative things more than the the positive things. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I say if that ends up leading to more passion on the pitch, maybe you might. It might be like a double-edged sword. Maybe sometimes there can be some some positives. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and um, Tash, how I know it's it's a bit different some of the coaching Shawnee compared to some of the coaching jobs in um, the UK you did. But how sort of generally how different is coaching football in the states compared to the uk do you have to adopt different tactics depending sort of on where you are or actually is it not so different uh, i'd say it's different this in the sense where in the states everything's just so compact we, in the states we play from august to well in, 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 in the east coast anyway where we are anyway in ohio we go from august to um November or maybe December if you go to the Nationals and then we're done. It's just, it's just such a short season where and it doesn't feel short when you're playing because you're playing two games a week. It's just really compact and all piled in. But in, 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 the, in the UK, you're, you're going from August to May and it's just really spread out. And uh, I, I really do miss that. But I feel like I'm getting a taste of that right now because of the COVID because we're playing some games now and we're actually kicking off our actual season in February. So it feels like it's a whole year round like in the UK, you know. But uh, I'll definitely say... Uh, in terms of the states with the teams, uh, they definitely, um, a lot of the teams that we play against play a 4 3 3, and it's just kind of adapting to what they're playing. And uh, a lot of the teams out here, uh, they, def they defend in one formation and then they attack in another formation. It's just being very tactical on how we do things. And uh, uh, the one thing I can say I like about the, the American system is the subsystem. So I know in the first half, if someone comes off, they can't come back on again, but in the second half, you can just do roll on, roll off all the time. So I can't complain with that. <laughs> and unlimited subs too. But uh, I do miss the England system, English system, where just where, you know, it's a whole whole year round and um, the 90 minute game. And just, just uh, not that you don't get intensity here, but just the feel of it, just just the way how you, the, even the halftime talks and before the game and, you know, the banter and just things like that. It, not that you don't have it here, it's just not the same. It's just there's something that that's, that piece is missing, you know? And yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't describe it, but I'm not going to lie. And I know I, I don't, I don't sing the national anthem, but I just think it's a nice feel of before the games when you've got the USA anthem being played before a game. Yeah. You mentioned earlier when we were talking about how recently you really feel like your players are sort of bought into your philosophy and like you've managed to get a lot of your recruits into the team. What what would you say um, is your core philosophy? Like how what is it when you're speaking to a potential Shawnee player? What what are you, what are you selling to them to be part of your team? Uh, for sure, just my my playing background and. Uh my UEFA B um, license and uh, yeah, just for me, I, I make it very clear that I, I, I've come here to try and change my program and um, and just being a part of the renovations expansions that the school's doing right now. And just, just to, to really just try and explain to them that my philosophy is defend, defend first, attack second, you know? And so just sending that, that and just making it sure that I tell them that, you know, if you're come here, you're getting played because you'd be surprised. A lot of the, the, the schools in the states, 
a lot of these coaches have up to 40 players and I'm thinking I'm not, and I'm never going to be that coach where I'm going to have about 40 people on, on my bench and you know or just on the, on the, on the roster because I'm, I'm all about developing developing all my players and uh, there's no I in team and it's just for me for my philosophy every player that's on that team whether it's 20 to 24 I need to make sure I'm getting the best of each one of those players and they're developing and maybe you, you'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a small group that want to play at the pro level there's going to be a small group that just want to just play and have fun and there's going to be a small group where they just want to improve and be better and the best they can be so it's just important for me to explain to them I, I love playing in uh, triangles and doing a one-two touch game transition through the three thirds you know I, I can get very te uh, technical but just I just really make it clear to them that you've been chosen that I'm choosing you to come play for me and you're going to get the game time that you deserve if you work hard and you work for it you know and just uh I guess the big culture that I have is uh we're a family you know so <laughs> And that's why I always say, once a wolf, always a wolf. And eyes in the wolf will always be in my heart, you know. But just, uh, I can't bring that over to Shawnee. But it's just that same same philosophy, just we're family and we've got to be there for each other on the field, you know. So just I kind of said it like that, really. <laughs> I talk a lot, though, in my, uh, <laughs> my recruit calls. <laughs> well, you're, you're selling it to me anyway. No, it sounds uh, There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what a family. The eyes in the wolf family as well is quite, uh, quite a special one. You were there at, at the best time, and I'm sure you got a baptism of fire pretty much in, into the world, <laughs> yeah, like coaching kids. I know you said you'd been coaching your your, your mates, but yeah. Um, yeah, if you can sort of make it uh, at Island and Wolves, then you probably <laughs> last in the game. So at, on that note, Tash, though, I have to ask, you know, we've seen Arteta come back to Arsenal. Obviously, he was a player there before. He went to City, and then he, he came back. Bale, we've just seen come back yeah. to Spurs, your, you know, your old mm. club and, and the, the team that Joe follows. So... On that note, yeah, will you eventually be returning to Isleden Wolves and completing the fairy tale? Sort of maybe you could take them from the Harrow League to who knows, maybe one day a pro club in the Premier League. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that because uh, Dave did ask, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Brandon asked that question and when I come back, you know, and because uh, he wanted to kind of us to make a comeback, you know, sort of thing, you know. But uh, yeah, if I was to definitely come back, I'm not going to lie. I'm, once a Wolves, always a Wolves. That's a famous, famous statement that we always said, and I hold it to this day. And I, I wouldn't get a tattoo like A did, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but, um, but yeah, definitely, it's just always going to be in my heart. But I, I would say for sure, yeah, I, I would definitely want to get involved again just to kind of help through the system for the youth to, you know, I know we kind of had that, that little... Uh, contract with the academy at that point um was it Brent? i think it was brentford yeah we had that little contract but just in the thing where i would love to come back and you know do some still continue with the youth academy and just help through the system to push it through where it needs to be and you know you never know maybe just uh, have an adult team there and you know see what, what they can do and <laughs> see if they can compete at that high level you know when i look at it the, the, you know the world's the oyster you know this the, sky, the sky's the limit you know and don't hold yourself short and I just feel for now, I still definitely want to still do my UEFA A and the pro license one day. I know that the COVID set me back on my A license, so I do, I do really want to get on that one and get the pro license eventually as well before I turn 40. <laughs> so no, that's the goal right now, yeah. I mean, you say that like like that would be too late. Well, <laughs> well we won't, yeah, sort of like tear you away from your track of the, the pro licenses to come back to Wolves yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't write it off for sure. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, that actually um, brings us to the end of our interview. So firstly, um, a big thanks to my co-host, Kaitel, as always, and a special thank you to Natasha. Natasha, I hope um, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, just, just nice to go back down the lane and memory lane, shall we say, and just 
look back at what the wolves days and just the journey you know and but thank you again for having me i really appreciate it oh no thank you very much for joining us and um how can our listeners follow you or support you and um your team and what's coming up in your life uh definitely through um I'm now taking a break from putting stuff up, but on my Twitter and my Instagram, um, it's the same uh, coach underscore twice and then Tash. Uh, yeah, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying. I'm trying to get rid of Facebook. I think so. <laughs> Many of those two, and I guess the SSUBears.com at Shawnee, uh, Shawnee State. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah. Thanks again, and best of luck with your your season. Um, also, for everybody listening, remember to follow us on Twitter at BlazersFGPod. And you can also um, like us on Facebook, or as Kaitel calls it, Faceberg, um, at Blazers for Goalposts. Um, that's all we've got for now. Goodbye. <laughs>